Hi, I'm Lanise Brothers, a registered nutritionist, women's health, hormone, and menstrual cycle coach, and the founder of Eat Love Move, a nutrition and well-being practice. This is the Period Story Podcast, where in each episode, I sit down with a guest to talk about their period story. We get behind some of the myths and misconceptions about periods and so much more. Now, on to today's guest. On today's episode, we have Jasmine Harsono. Jasmine is a Reiki master and teacher, sonic artist, and intuitive well-being guide. She is the founder of Emerald and Tiger, a conscious lifestyle brand promoting positive awareness through vibrant connection to body, mind, and spirit. Led to Reiki through her own experiences of ill health, Jasmine now supports others, guiding them to tap into their true self and to understand they have everything they need in order to live well and feel whole from the inside out. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. So this is a question I always start every podcast off with. Tell me the story. Tell me about the story of your very first period. Well, I remember it was my first year in secondary school. Um, So I was aged 11. And I remember that morning before going to school feeling, you know, a little bit off, had some had pains and sensations that I hadn't really felt before. Um, And yeah, I guess my mood was a little bit, you know, I was feeling a bit low. Um, And then I went to school and then after school, I remember rushing all the way home and dying to go to the toilet. And um, I thought, you know, oh, what's going on? You know, I had these cramps and stuff, but I went to the toilet. I went to my grandma's house, my nana. And um, yeah, I went to the bathroom and I was, it was my first bleed, discovered my first bleed. So I remember it quite vividly um, and kind of very instantly feeling a kind of a shame attached to it um I don't know why but it was just you know like what's going on and bleeding it just felt very unnatural my first bleed um and I felt very shy about it and I didn't really discuss it with my family as such not that I can recall and we didn't really have talks about it that much before <laughs> either so it was it was quite you know it was just kind of a weird thing to happen but uh, yeah that's what I recall from my first period. So if you didn't discuss it with your family beforehand mm. how did you know what it was? I had heard about it through conversation and I put two sisters who are older than me so it's it was it's not that it wasn't unheard of but it, you know when you just don't know that knowing or feeling of what it's going to be like yourself um, and it wasn't a conversation that we'd have in the house, like a sit down conversation, but obviously it was going on and I'd seen sanitary wear and, and stuff like that around the house. So I was aware of what I had to wear <laughs> for my mm-hmm. period and those kind of things. But it was just not something that we would sit down and discuss as a family. Um, and at school, there was a little bit of education in school and conversations with in friendship circles so it was kind of that's how I knew about it so you you when you had your first period did Mm. you go to your sisters and say like I need a tampon I need a pad no um I can't actually remember where I got my sanitary wear from but I don't recall going to to anyone um maybe we had some around the house um I would imagine because I had you know my mom my two sisters um so I'm pretty sure there was 
would probably be some sanitary wear around the house. Okay. And so you went and you kind of figured it out on your own. And at what point did your mom or your sisters discover that you had had your first period? I actually don't remember the conversation that I had. Um, Probably because it may have been a passing conversation. My mom had five children. So, you know, it was probably not something that I felt called to discuss as I said I was feeling a little bit you know strange about it as well um so I probably internalized a lot of that and just got on with things um and that's kind of what I remember with my period you know just getting on with things and kind of just dealing with it on a monthly basis where do you think that be this you've mentioned a couple words that are quite interesting Mm. and actually kind of thread through a lot of the conversations I've had on this podcast you've mentioned yeah shame shyness feeling strange you where like if you think back now where do you think those feelings came from I think through conversations in school with friends and you know the the conversations that we had around periods was always like um it was periods were gross almost like it was like oh no you know, you've got your period. There wasn't really an empowered message behind having a period. It was more like blood is yucky. You know, it was that kind of like that kind of thing. Um, your smell, you know, that you know those kind of things. And I had that kind of connection to it. Um, and I suppose I attached to that kind of trail of thought for so long. Um, and that's kind of what I thought about periods. So every time that it would come, it was kind of like, oh, no, Um here's my period and here's like a couple of days of really sort of embarrassing moments to come almost. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's how I felt about it. So you think all of your friends at school felt embarrassed about their period? Pretty much the conversations that I had and embarrassment or that, you know, it just wasn't, um, you know, when you're on your period, it's kind of like not a great kind of, few days um so no one tend to enjoy their period or embrace it do you think that's changed for you a hundred percent I mean that was a very long time ago I'm 38 now so I've been on such a journey with my periods my menstrual health and well-being um and I've I'm I've come around full circle I mean I talk about my period a lot to people um and have discovered the reasons why I had so many awful symptoms for many years and suffered. And I am now feeling very empowered by my period. I honour my period. And every month I feel um, that I see the power and wisdom in it. And I use that time when my period comes for time for reflection, connection and self-love and healing. So for me, it's it's completely different before I used to absolutely you know avoid any sort of period talk or really feel disconnected from it and now it's kind of a time to honor and embrace what created that shift in you to go from almost this so this embarrassment and shame to the other end of the spectrum feeling really empowered and honoring your honoring your period um definitely through knowledge and education uh my own curiosity uh i suffered with chronic pain from my periods it would last pre during and post um i 
had severe heavy bleeding I would flood so I would bleed all the way through my sanitary wear my pants you know and that would happen to me every month so I used to go to the GP regularly inform them of all these symptoms that I was having and it came to a point where I really wanted to know why this was happening to me because the more conversations I was having with other people I realized actually my period wasn't the same as other people theirs were shorter mine were longer my periods were heavier theirs weren't so heavy so there was lots of things I was like okay mine's not the same and I think through my own curiosity uh, that I kind of began to really learn about myself and that that was in itself kind of empowering. So how long do you think this this journey took for you? Years and years. Um, mm-hmm. I went back and forth. So I got my period at 11. I pretty much got the symptoms um, of kind of heavy bleeds, chronic pain straight away. And I lived through that until for years, until I was in my late 20s. Um, so I couldn't go on the pill or anything like that because um, it caused me severe migraine. So I had to really um, have go through this cycle every month. Um, and I had very long periods. They would be like around 10 days of bleed, heavy bleeding. Um, and I couldn't get any answers. I had tests done and it was kind of like, this is what periods are like. That's what I was told. And I kept thinking, this is not it. This is not it. But I had a kind of um, an incident where I had a cyst rupture. I didn't know it was that at the time, but um, I had this. I went to emergency A&E um, and then I had some other tests done, scans, and I was told I, I was diagnosed with um, endometriosis. Um, so by that time, I understood I had like a level of understanding that my whole life all these experiences with my period were because I had endometriosis so then I had a link to that and it just the more knowledge I had the more power I had and the less blame I had on my period it was like oh that I actually had something wrong with me all this time I had this condition so um, and then I wanted to support myself in getting well um, so that's kind of like how it became full circle in the end. How long did it take for you to get your endometriosis diagnosis? So that that's over twenty years. Twenty years. Oh my. Mm. And you said you said that at one point you were told this is what periods are like. Yeah. And how do you feel? How do you feel about that? Knowing that you know what you know now and. Um, your experience of your period now? I mean, now I, as I said, I, I share my period story a lot. I really want the next generation, our youth, to be empowered by the period, talk about it, don't be ashamed by it. And so, really, now I'm not angry or anything about my life or how what happened because I can't really do anything about that. But what I can do is bring my story to the forefront. And like other women, just share my story and and hope and enable that that helps to start to strengthen the education system because um, sexual menstrual health needs to be so much better. I mean, it's more pointed towards men than women, and yet women have these our periods every month. So that's something that I think needs to change still. Um, and then really just. I, I just 
you know, I really honour my period now, as I said. So I feel completely different to to how I did before. So there's a there's a whole change in me physically, mentally, and emotionally um, towards my period, which because now I have the awareness, so that's really powerful. What do you do to honour your period? So I I use when I I use an app so I can really focus on my cycle, my moods, and so I know when when I'm due. Um, and so I use that time. I, I use that time to reflect and connect to myself. I know that I need to slow down. As I said, I have endometriosis, and so I don't have, you know, a normal period as such. I have quite. Um, I still have symptoms, although I manage them much better. So I have to use that time to kind of slow down and rest. Um, so I use that time to kind of tap into my creativity and really just look after myself it's all about tapping into self-care and self-love during that time um so you you've really taken a lot of learnings from what's best for your body during this time and mm. would you find that your period is different so if you notice that throughout your cycle yourself a lot more do you see the effects of that in your next period or maybe the one after that yes um so for example, last week, my period was late and I very rarely have a late period. And I I know that the month before I was under a lot of stress and I put a lot of stress on myself because I was very busy with my work schedule. So I kind of worked through quite heavily through when I had my period, um, which works against me um, and can cause fatigue in my body that can be long lasting. So my period came late um, and I had a feeling this would happen. Uh, so period came late and then I had really heavy bleed on Friday, last Friday gone. So bad that, uh, you know, I was, couldn't even walk down the road for a few minutes. I kept bleeding through um, and flooding and it was it, it was just very awful experience. And that's the learning in it because, um, you know, I know next month to... I have to really schedule my work when work works. So I'm not doing so much during that time. I need to really honor, embrace that time to slow down. That is the part of the month for me personally that I need to slow down and not do so much so that I can honor the bleed that's happening and just allow myself to take some time out. Um, so yeah, there's always, there's always learning in every month, every period, there's something to take from. And it's almost a, Countercultural message where this idea of slowing down for however long your period is and connecting and resting resting and reflecting I've talked about this before but you know we I know you have your own business and you know we get told as being a male entrepreneurs is kind of like hustle go 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 all the time but yeah. this idea of taking a step back just even a tiny step back um just you know you almost feel sometimes for me certainly I feel a sense of like mm, maybe I shouldn't be doing it even though I know it's the best thing for my body yeah I mean there's there's shame attached to that as well I think you know all of these things like oh, we shouldn't take a break we need to work really hard I think that's the kind of like the system that we work on definitely in the western world it's kind of like go 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 the more you the harder you work the more that you achieve and more success you'll get it's kind of that mentality but 
I do work for myself and I work seven days a week, but I have to, I know that in my body, if I don't take a rest, the consequences are much more. Um, the knock-on effect means that I could then be out, like have this chronic fatigue for weeks and weeks and weeks, which means I can't really function 100%. And so then my work is not, you know, I'm not really doing my work to the best. So I think it's really good that if you know, really honour what's happening with you during your cycle every month, you can see and be aware of how you personally function to be aware of that and then work around that it really benefits you much more and so the time that you can put into work where you're energized and you can put 100% into that time and then know that that works for you I think that's the best way in terms for me that's the best way that I work um so now that kind of feels very powerful to do that I don't have anyone to answer to so for me it's a little bit different if you're in a workplace I definitely think more and more now they're having discussions within work um, about period health. And so hopefully you can go to someone in HR and say, look, this is what happens during my period. And so can I take a few days to work from home or can I work shorter days? So I'm not, you know, traveling during busy hours, the commute hours and stuff. Um, I, that's why sharing and having the conversations are really important. Um, I definitely would be having those if I was working for mm. someone else. And so March is Endometriosis Awareness Month, and mm. you said that you've been sharing your stories a lot. You diagnosis, diagnosis, and um, your symptoms. Do you think that have you heard any feedback about the impact that your your story has had on others? Yeah, I think through several talks um, that I've given, um, lots of people have felt more empowered to share their own story and also have discovered that their symptoms are very similar to mine and then have gone and reached out to their GP and got some help and really gone in there and said, look, I'm not leaving until I get seen by a specialist. So they have this information now where they feel like, well, she did that, so I'm going to do that kind of thing. Um, and I have a Facebook group that I started a couple of years ago, a community group that's now grown to 6,000 women across the world. And I know that my message in a subtle way has empowered other people to get their story out. And and in my in my heart, I feel like that they're sharing their story, that they're helping someone else too. So even if it's one person, you you feel like you're spreading the word word of mouth is is really strong in this kind of area where women don't have a strong platform so if we can just do a little bit each I think that will make a difference absolutely one story has the power to change so many other um, people's lives absolutely and I've also connected with so many people that a study in endometriosis, studying the pain, the science, uh, incredible people that are doing, you know, so much work behind it and haven't got much funding and are just so passionate about really helping people because endometriosis, adenomyosis, lots of PCOS, PCOS, yeah, it's these conditions are relatively um high like there's lots of people's one in ten people have endometriosis so it's like something that we should all be talking about anyway 
but yet there's still like a lack of information a lack of knowledge um people are being diagnosed every 10 years or something like that Mm. it takes 10 years to get diagnosed so I think it's really important that we just keep sharing our story and that for me starts kind of an opening where hopefully it'll get to the point where in the UK the government will listen to this more and realise that women's stories need to be heard um, uh, whether it's endometriosis or a mental health condition or something else Um, yeah so what would you say to someone who comes to you and says, I went to my GP, but I kind of, I just felt a bit bobbed off? I would tell them to go back and go back again. That's what I did. I mean, I did that for years and years and years. I said to you, I've been going, I had problems since I was age 11 and had gone to the doctors regularly. Um, you know, I had been told to go on antidepressants. I had IBS. I had so many different diagnoses and went down different routes until I had my cyst rupture. So I know what it's like to be sort of bogged off and, you know, told you've got this or there's nothing wrong with you. It's a normal period. But now knowing this information, um, I can't really stand for anyone just to sit back and go through it. So the message is just keep going back to your doctor you have the information there's an incredible lady called Nancy Nook who shares really all of the the best consultants to seek um, around the world and so you can go to your GP and say this is who I want to see or the other route is if you have the money you can go and book an appointment with a private doctor have a consultation with them and ask them to refer you back onto the NHS to see this specific um, consultant. And this really works as well. So say you pay 150 to see a private consultant and then get yourself back on the NHS to see the consultant. Um, So this route works really well as as well. And that helped me um, when I was diagnosed with um, cancer, which was years ago. But I know that there's there's ways of getting to a consultant much faster than through your GP. And that's one of them. So you just have to keep supporting yourself and know that what you're going through is something that you really need to support. I mean, if I had known how much it had affected my fertility, for example, I think I would have been at the GP every day knocking down the door but I just didn't have awareness and so now I I just yeah the, the most important message is is to get seen and be heard mm. um, and what would you say once they've had they've got the appointment they they're mm. in the door how would you suggest that they prepare for that appointment so the most important thing is to keep a journal to really write down all of their, keep a diary of their symptoms, what they eat, their cycle, how long a cycle is, what their bleed's like, what what their mental health symptoms are, what their digestive kind of, um, you know, kind of experiences are. Just keeping a journal of everything so that they have that information before they go and see the consultant. And therefore, they can pretty much show them everything they're going through on a monthly basis Um, and that really helps them to be like look I've got all the information here this is what's going on for me so they can't be told that their situation is you know 
that you've got a normal period because it's evidently not if they've got all of these symptoms of kind of connecting them to whether it's endometriosis or something else so I think keeping a diary is the most important thing and then to maybe bring someone with you at the appointment so that they can hear everything because sometimes you're digesting the information and that's all you need to do and someone else can sit there and take the notes for you um and yeah and just see if and just make sure that you kind of stay with that one consultant if you're happy with them make sure you create a relationship with them because that really helps and usually my consultant was also the person that was operating on me so I think it's good to to create a relationship with with someone knowing that they have your best interests at heart. Can you talk a little bit about your work as a Reiki practitioner and how that has, you know, we talked about energy and slowing down um, and how that's affected um, maybe your relationship with your body, your in your period. Definitely having the awareness of universal energy within, which is this chi, this life force energy, has helped me to get unstuck emotionally, physically spiritually and mentally so I always have this feeling of never feeling alone I feel empowered by what's going on in my body so by that I mean that I have this awareness that okay I'm not feeling so good today and I can check in with myself and see why and it kind of like I can bring together this timeline Um, and knowledge of why I'm not feeling well and Reiki helps me with that so it just helps to open up this awareness um, to all that's going on within and so you you have in fact a natural ability to heal yourself because you are not being this person that's stuck and not doing anything about it so when you're more open and embrace what's going on within you're able to really understand that information that your personal information of what's going on inside your body and therefore do something about it so it really just helps me to be more aware and in that I'm able to take something from that and do something about it so it's the awareness and the action that goes afterwards if that makes sense Mm -hmm. and so do you have any particular tools that you use um, that you would be willing to share with listeners so I use curry sage oil on a regular basis to kind of relieve the inflammation and I massage that into my womb into my hips into my thighs and my back my lower back the areas where I tend to get a lot of sort of um, pain uh, from the endometriosis and keeps everything really moving Um, in Chinese medicine they talk about that area if it's cold that you more tend to like have the pain and inflammation hanging around in those spaces. So massage in the area regularly keeps it nice and warm and helps everything to stay in flow. Um, so that really helps me and it feels really good. Um, it also feels like I'm honoring my womb as well. So it's kind of like an offering to of self-care to my womb. Um, and I give myself a Reiki treatment every day. So that's with my hands placed on my body, like um, scanning the body and just placing my hands where it might need some Reiki. So that's just really tapping in to see where in my body I'm feeling stuck or I've got any pain. And then I place my hands on that area and send Reiki there. Um, and, 
and Reiki is always within you but the the touch element just helps to support you more and and feel really connected um and it's a really nice way to meditate I find so I I bring in the breath take some deep breaths and just allow this healing process to happen um and I, I think food is really important to mention so we're all very different so it's really important to know what foods you digest well um and to digest warming foods during the cold months I always find that that really helps me to feel better so soups and stews when it's cold help me to, to again warm up the body and keep everything in flow but just making sure that you're eating well drinking lots of water um, and for me I have a daily meditation pr- practice which really helps me physically mentally emotionally and spiritually to stay connected um, and I think also a period tracker so I use an app called Moody which is amazing because you can track your moods, you can track your period, your cycle. Um, You can also leave notes in there so you can journal anything that might be a little bit odd that month. You can write about it and really generally keep a daily journal of how you're feeling, checking in with yourself. So I'll do a daily check-in. How am I feeling today? And then I'll just check through physically, mentally, emotionally, how am I feeling And that I really find really powerful because I can look through that and just see if there's anything that's spiked, that's peaked, that might not feel right. And then I can look into that more. Um, And I think also having conversations with others. So if you're feeling like something is not right or you feel, yeah, it's just basically sharing with other people, I think is really important. So find your trusted circle that you can talk about these things and not feel any shame or embarrassment. Um, I called my sister on Friday and said, you know, I'm walking down the road, my period, I'm I'm flooding through, it's, it's a nightmare, I'm not feeling well, uh, feeling it's making me feel quite anxious. So, you know, I had all these conversations and just in having that with someone who can relate with me, because I know that she's gone through that herself then we have this kind of connection where I feel like oh it's not just me and then it's that kind of that feeling of oneness and I'm not going crazy this Mm. is happening to someone else so I think connection with some a trusted person who will relate to your story is really important and you can find that through Facebook groups or it doesn't have to be a family member because it can be someone else a stranger um, you can find people online that are going through this too. So if you don't have um, a community near you in person, you can find someone online to talk to about it. But I think that's really important as well to stay connected and talk about those things. So you have a, quite a rich practice of um, honouring your body and yeah. staying connected with your body in using lots of different I mean obviously I loved hearing about the food side of meditation um you are there any spe- specific say Reiki tech meditation practices that you would share with someone who is going through something similar the most beautiful practice that I have is um just a Reiki treatment where I place one hand on my room So my right hand on my womb, my left hand on my heart, and I breathe into those spaces. So I lay down, find somewhere comfortable. And I usually do this before I go to bed and in the morning when I wake up. But I share Reiki in those spaces and I breathe into my womb. 
So I just allow my breath to go in there and, and, and expands the breath into that space. You can visualize light, like bright white light coming into that area. So just receiving renewed energy into the room. And then when you breathe out, you're letting go of any tension, any pain that you're holding on to. So you're breathing into the room and then taking the breath into the heart space and just really opening and expanding these areas. And I find it really comforting. I find it really beautiful to connect in that way. And I, I kind of see both spaces. I visualize roses in those spaces that kind of like um, just an opening of beautiful red roses, which really helps me to feel like I'm loved. And I think that's really important for me in particular because sometimes, you know, we take on so much of the external world. And so this just gives you this time, even if it's five minutes in the day, just to reconnect back and realize that your room is creating so much beauty for you. And sometimes we get attached to all oh, this heavy period every month. And that can really bring us down like it did on Friday. So when I reconnect through meditation, I kind of bring an offering back to my room to say thank you in a way for for my bleed, for maybe being able to have birth a child in the future or for me to creativity, creativity to connect to my creativity, sorry. So it's kind of those kind of practices that I really embrace and that's one particular one that I will do on a daily basis. I think that's so beautiful and it really shifts the narrative from certainly I see this with other women that I work with who have endometriosis is the shifts from this feeling of fighting with your body mm-hmm. yeah. to honoring and that ritual of like visualizing roses. Oh, I just, that's, I just love that. Yeah. Cause you can go even further and like use your senses. You can smell them and, and journey with the roses, which is really beautiful. And that's like, a, you can extend into a meditation and that's just so beautiful. And you can just visualize them growing and growing and you know, and um, roses are rose tea, which I drink regularly, is really beautiful. So you can also honor your room in that way of, of just creating, making a little bit of time, a mindful moment of boiling the kettle, putting some rose petals in the cup, pouring hot water in, waiting for that to cool down, taking some deep breaths, and drinking that tea slowly, and just visualize that rose tea moving through into your room space. Um, rose is really great for digestion and for your health of your skin and stuff like that so it's got great qualities to it anyway but that's a really nice mindful moment of kind of having a tea ceremony for your womb which is really beautiful yeah but wow so lovely Mm. Um, can you talk a little bit more about your um, your work as um, a Reiki master, your business, Emerald and Tiger, and maybe talk a little bit about your amazing book that has come out. So Self Reiki came out in December in the UK and January US, Canada. And it's a book that focuses more on one specific area of Reiki, which is hands-on healing and the power of touch. And hands-on healing has been around for a very long time, way before Reiki has, the system of Reiki has. But what it is in the book is just gives you these tools, these 40 exercises and meditations around health and well-being to help you to tap into your natural ability to heal yourself. So in Reiki, we do give 
attunements to awaken you, to bring this awareness of this life force energy moving within you. But we know that we are all born with this energy. We are all created by this energy. And so really the book kind of gives you a little bit of this background information of what Reiki is, history and insight. And then there's so many different exercises that you can follow the well-being ones will be like, for for example, today's a full moon. So there's a full moon meditation in there. So you can really exercise the process of writing down all the things that you want to let go of um, under a full moon and feel empowered to let go of those. Um, and so that's a really nice exercise to do. Or there's, there's ones around if you have chronic back issues, you can follow um, a Reiki treatment to help to relieve that pain and see why that pain's coming up for you because often when we talk about working with Reiki we find that the root of the problem isn't the physical back pain but there might be an emotional attachment to why that back pain is coming up so there's yeah there's lots of exercises in there that that would would be for everyone generally on a daily basis and so it's really about creating this daily treatment for yourself every day a little bit of self-care to really honor yourself um, and be more in tune with yourself personally because although I feel that we're all connected and we are in so many special ways we all individually go through things personally and so it's really about tapping into that and finding why that is who who am I what what's going on with me today and having that check-in and the my business Emerald and Tiger I offer one-to-one guidance, corporate group group workshops, events, retreats and products uh, such as my book and Emerald and Tiger fuses the synergies of modern life and conscious living and ancient practices so practices such as Reiki and sound healing to help people to tap into their natural ability to heal so really I am the facilitator to help to bring people back come back to their true self um, and I offer a session called for for example a session called breathe love which is about people breathing love back into their body so it starts with a breathing exercise for 20 minutes guided meditation and then lots of sound healing and all of these tools help to bring us back to the energy that's within us that life force energy so all of my work is kind of always comes full circle back to the the essence of who we are, what we are made up of. What would, um, if someone wanted to get in touch with you, if someone's listening to um, what, this podcast and really connecting what you're saying about um, circling back to the energy, heal yourself and the meditation you've talked about, how would they connect? Um, so I have a website, emeraldandtiger.com. They can reach me um, at hello at emeraldsandtiger.com send me an email if they're curious or have any questions and i'm also on instagram emerald and tiger brilliant so one last question if mm-hmm. listeners if they take one thing away from all the things that about what would you want that to be i would definitely start with keeping a journal of their period and creating their own period story so really find it out on a daily basis what their mood's like, um, tracking their period and understanding their particular cycle because everyone's is, is different. 
Um, so that's really the key thing. But also if I can add to that is to share their period story, to have those conversations, because that really empowers other people, the youth, the next generation that have come in. We hope that they'll be talking about it more and more and more so that this doesn't become, it, it doesn't stay a taboo subject anymore, that we can really um, honour um, our full femininity and and the amazingness of our womb that we don't often do. Beautiful. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you so much for having me. It was a pleasure. Thank you. For more inspiring conversations, head over to periodstorypod.com where we have so many more for you to peruse. If you want help with your menstrual or hormone health, email me on hello at eatlovemove.com to set up a free 30-minute hormone health review. If you like today's show, please don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts. Tag us, come say hi, and send in your requests for who you'd like to see on the show on Instagram, and twitter on at period story pod or email us at hello at periodstorypod.com i'm lenny's brothers and you've been listening to period story thank you so much for listening